Hi, and welcome to the Small Business MBA. My name is Yasmin Ali. One of the areas of business that typically scares us the most as entrepreneurs is the legal system that a business is required to work within. South Africa is said to have some of the most difficult to navigate commercial law frameworks in the world, and many business people have said that it feels like business is discouraged by the law. Much of the time, though, people are referring specifically to the labor laws of the country, which are indeed quite stringent. Given how many people were not protected in the past and how many people had no legal recourse in the workplace and how many people simply were not given access to opportunities to grow, this is actually quite understandable. Because the bias was so big in one direction, the natural reaction when there was a change was for the bias to pendulum to the other end. It is indeed intimidating and scary for many entrepreneurs to try to handle this area of business themselves. We're not legal experts and we are scared that the decisions we make may have dire consequences for our businesses. Yet we actually do not have a choice. If we do not ensure that we are working within the legal parameters of the country, we're putting our businesses in dire danger. When we register our businesses as directors, we take on certain responsibilities and ignorance is no excuse in executing our duties as directors. Therefore, as with every aspect of business, I encourage you to equip yourself with as much information and research as you can. While you may never become a legal expert, you can know enough to stay out of trouble. In South Africa, business is governed by the Companies Act. Over the years, this has been amended to reflect and address the business landscape that exists in the country at that point. The Companies Act outlines the responsibilities of shareholders and directors in the business, as well as the conduct of those individuals appointed to look after the vested interest of the business. It governs what we can and cannot do, what we are expected to do and what we are expected to avoid, and how we are expected to conduct the duties appointed to us by the business. This is an easy piece of legislation, and for that reason, we often avoid it. We deem it not relevant to our small businesses. But if the legislation covers all businesses, then it governs our small businesses as well. And while not all of the act may be relevant to your business, for example, shareholders' duties and powers, there are certainly parts that are. In addition, we need to equip ourselves for the business that we want to run rather than the business that we're running at the moment. A good friend told me recently that among the best advice she ever got from my boss, Alain Reyes, is that what he said to her was that if she wanted to run a hundred million rand business, she had better start acting like she can run a hundred million rand business. Because if you don't already have everything in place to run that business, nobody's going to give you the opportunity to achieve it. The legal landscape is the same scenario. If you want to run a business that is listed on the JSE, you need to know way in advance what that means for you as an owner, as well as for your business. Of course, this is not to say that we should completely ignore the other legislation, such as the Labor Relations Act, the Employment Equity Act, the Skills Development Act, and the Health and Safety Act. These are social imperatives as well as statutory requirements. In other words, they are a requirement of every business, which are also tools to redress the inequalities of the past. And these are indeed often more relevant to our businesses than the big scary laws. Yet few entrepreneurs actually put time into understanding these laws as well and understanding how they can be advantageous to the business.
But my question to you goes beyond the legal aspect. And that is, when do you stop being a small business? When is it time for you to focus on the growth aspect, aspects rather than the survival aspects of the business? The truth is that from day one, we should understand that our business is not just a financial undertaking, but a legal one as well. And we should set aside time and resources to focus on growing ourselves in these areas. This is not only part of working on our businesses, but also speaks to how seriously we take our businesses. And in my opinion, speaks to how seriously we take ourselves as entrepreneurs. But it is a very technical landscape. And after the break, I speak to an entrepreneur and attorney to help us unpack what we need to know about the legalities of our businesses. Welcome back. We're talking legal systems and processes, and I'm now joined by Cezanne Britton talking to us about the legal systems that affect our businesses. Cezanne, welcome back. Thanks so much. Good to be back. Yes, thank you very much. Okay, so we're scared of the, of, of the legal side. As entrepreneurs, it's, 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 it's an intimidating thing. It's not something that we want to look at. But what is it that we should, be, that we should know about the legal world? I think it's important that, as scary as it is, like with everything, you mm. need to know the rules of the game. Yeah. You know, uh, no matter what you're doing, you need to know the rules. So for entrepreneurs who started a company, who formalized the, the sort of legal entity, for example, they need to know about the Companies Act. Yeah. And a recent development, uh, 21 September, the Companies Amendment Bill has been released. So... It's not only knowing the rules and knowing the legislation, it's also knowing about updates that are happening within that space. So how would I know that? You know, I, I, I'm just kind of thinking about the world of, of a small business mm -hmm. owner. And I mean, you yourself is an, uh, mm -hmm. are an entrepreneur as well. Yes. In the middle of doing the stuff and managing the people and the, and the everything, we, how do I know about the legal stuff? It's very difficult. You know, I'm in the industry, so I keep abreast of it all the time yeah. and it's very easy for me. But I think if you're an entrepreneur, it's going to require a little bit of effort. Yeah. Uh, simple things you can do, for example, is subscribe to newsletters. Okay. Um, it's passive, right? Yeah. You literally online all the time and you receive an email, you receive an update. Um, so subscribe to newsletters of law firms, subscribe to newsletters uh, or, or, or subscriptions like Biz Community and yeah. those sort of things where there's a constant influx. Yeah. Of information and of course read the paper and, and listen to what's going on around you but those are passive things that you can do because as entrepreneurs time is a limited commodity yeah. and focusing on our business is sometimes we think more important than listening to what's going on in terms of rules and regulations that are changing it's also useful to have a trusted advisor yeah. be it your accountant or be it an attorney to let you know look this is a new change be aware of it. Yeah. So that relationship building and having that trusted advisor, I think, is also quite important. So it's part of working on our businesses mm. and rather than the working in our businesses. Mm. Let's talk about this, this Companies Act. Thing. Okay. <laughs> what is the Companies Act, first and foremost? So perhaps a little bit of background. Yeah. Um, the Companies Act regulates all of Every, sets the rules and the frame, the legal framework with regard to how companies need to operate. Okay. The rules for directors okay. um, and it's legislation. 
it's not like the corporate governance code that mm. we currently have. That's not legislation. And I don't want to get into that. So but it, just to make the distinction, yeah. this is law. If you break a rule in terms of the Companies Act, you've broken the law. So it's not a nice to have. It's, it's not a, a nice must. To have. It's exactly. a must obey by. It's not a nice to have. It's, 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 it's a must. And it sets the framework for how companies are set up. Once they are set up, what directors and boards need to do and what shareholders' rights are. So it sets all of that framework. Um, our Companies Act was first promulgated in 1973. Okay. hope I'm not getting it wrong, but 1973. And then in 2011, our new existing Companies Act came into being. Okay. So I think it was the Centre 2 in 2008, so you'll see that it's 2008 Act, but it was actually implemented in okay. 2011. And then... That was a complete overhaul and a replacement of the old 1973 Act. Okay. So then we have a new Act with some 225 sections in the Act. And don't be overwhelmed because <laughs> the Amendment Bill is only something like 25 or 22 changes. Okay. So it's not an, the new Companies Bill is not a complete overhaul of the 20, 2008 okay. Act. Just to give people a perspective. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because when people see, think new companies bill, oh my gosh, I've just got... Everything's to, changed. Everything's changed again. And really what the Companies and Intellectual Property Commission is trying to do is just maintain and keep up with current trends globally, mm -hmm. really. Um, look at what's happened in the past couple of years and say, okay, let's fix this. This is not working. We can improve this here, clarification, interpretation. Um, we, can in, we can relax certain regulatory okay. requirements. Uh, we can give investors and stakeholders and shareholders some more comfort if we amend and tweak here and there. Okay. So I suppose in summary, the company's amendment bill is really saying, let's give investors a bit more comfort mm -hmm. if we tweak a few things. And then also let's relax a few things um, and also give some clarity from a regulatory perspective. So those are the sort of, I think, two big areas, really. Okay. So one or two things about this, this new company's amendment bill that, that, that entrepreneurs need to know. Um, it, off the top of my head, if I think about it, I think the one thing that's given clarity to corporate lawyers like myself, mm -hmm. um, and I think will be helpful, is when we make changes to our constitutional documents, yeah. what's known as our memorandum of incorporation. Yes. At the moment, it's not really clear when the amendments take effect. Okay. So you submit your documentation, and yes, there's a provision in the Act that kind of gives you some guidance, but now we've got clarity. Within 10 business days, once you've submitted all your, doc, your, your notice of change, of, yeah. of, of changing your incorporation documentation, once you've changed that, once you've submitted, sorry, mm -hmm. it's 10 business days. If you haven't heard back from SIPS, the company's Intellectual yeah. Property Commission, your changes are effective. So there's no kind of wondering and confusion around that. So that's the one thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is quite useful is from a sort of company secretarial perspective, when we issue shares and we allot shares, and it sounds very technical, but effectively when you've issued shares to a shareholder or you have a new partner coming on board and you're saying, let me give you some shares. Um, in fact, let me assist you with financing it and, and, and. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, we just do those things. So it's got certain implications. And now what the Companies Act is also provided, the Companies Amendment Bill is providing for is that actually stakeholders can apply to court on just and equitable reasons. Don't ask me what that is. <laughs> it's one of those wonderful vague legal terms. Um, to now regularize 
any irregular issuing or allotment of shares. So okay. that's a new, um, something new that's been introduced. I mean, I've, I've heard of so many, so many entrepreneurs that, you know, have started their businesses and then, you know, have brought down partners or, mm. or whatever. And, and, mm. and then suddenly uh, somewhere along the way, they've found out that the partner has issued Correct. You know, other people with with exactly. with, with shares or with, or with stakes in, in, exactly. in the business, and what you're saying is this this now kind of goes no 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 this is correct. And I think you know what I was saying about the sort of two components of yeah. this act. I think this is where that investor confidence. It, it look there's a lot of technicality around it because you know, what are the implications, you know, is there a process mm. where I can give my version of the events, it's quite an expensive process to go to court, etc, mm. etc. Et but this is just one of the, one of the examples, really, of, of, you know, an amendment to the companies, the existing Companies Act. Yeah. So, an entrepreneur going into work tomorrow, okay, um, does he need to worry about the way that his business is running or can he kind of do business as usual and then I'll go and I'll learn? <laughs> business as usual. It's a bill right now. It's not been enacted yet. It's not law. At okay. the moment, you've got millions of lawyers and other stakeholders writing commentary because the bill is open for, for public comment until about the 20th um, of November. I think it's mid-November. So there's still some time. And then we'll see lots of debate and, and, and. So it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Just the third change that's just oh. come to mind is the definition of regulated company, because I think that's really something that also impacts. So at the moment, the regulated company definition for private companies is when there's been a change in shareholding of about 10% okay. for a period of 24 months. So again, quite a technical definition. But now what, they, what they're trying to introduce is where your financials are audited. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole process to, you know, in, in terms of deciding on whether your financials should be audited, etc. Yeah. Now you may you may very well fall into the category of regulated company, which means that if you're doing a sale of business um, of the greater part of your assets, just as an yeah. example, you may well have to comply with certain other regulations in terms of the act, which you previously would not have. So that's definitely something to look out for once the dust settles. Once everybody has had, and everybody their, knows, <laughs> has had their bruha um, about it. Exactly. One of the things that I've heard a lot of um, business owners and even and even attorneys um, say is that um, in South Africa, business legislation makes it very difficult to be in business. Mm. Mm. Would you say that this makes it easier, or, or or are we still? My personal view, I think we're still very much in the same place. Um, the old idea with the overhaul. Um, of the 2008 Act was to make it easier. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was the whole part of the policy rationale. And that policy rationale has not changed. Okay. So SIPS is not saying that we're changing, you know, when we started the process in 2004, yeah. we're changing our policy at all. The policy is still the same. Yeah. Um, and I think we've still got lots of work to do before we're really in a place where it's easier to do business um, from a regulatory perspective. Just one thing that entrepreneurs should know today, because we're, mm. we're out of time, but one thing that, that we need to know today and that we need to pay attention to today. From a legal perspective yeah. and from a, from a Companies Act perspective, I think that probably for me, directors need to know what their responsibilities are.
I think that's quite important because once directors, you know, who are supposed to take care of not only um, the employees, but all of the stakeholders, yeah. the board as such, you know, once you know what your responsibilities are, I think you'll go a long way in making sure that, that it, the best interest of the company is upheld at all times. And that you protect your business in the best way. Absolutely. Suzanne, as always, thank you so much. You. That has been extremely enlightening. And, and thank you for simplifying it for us just a little bit. So. <laughs> Thanks so much. After the break, I give you some tips on how to look after the legal systems in your business and where to get started. Join me for that. back. Today we're looking at the big scary world of legal systems and processes and the danger of non-compliance in our businesses. I know that it's intimidating but it is simply one of those things that we have to take a deep breath and just power through. Because this is such a technical area and the language and interpretation can in and of itself be very confusing, I would advise that you find yourself an attorney that you consult with. This I see as an investment in your business because they will help you avoid costly legal mistakes in future. Just like a good accountant makes, makes you money rather than costing you money, a good attorney helps you avoid problems rather than dealing with them later on. This must be someone that you feel comfortable with and that you feel you can trust. And this isn't about liking the person. Liking someone's great, but the bigger element here is that you must believe that the advice they give you is real and authentic and serves your business in the best way possible. Don't be scared to look around until you find someone that you believe will serve you and your business's best interests above all else. Then don't be scared of using this person's skills. I have many entrepreneurs with lawyers on retainer that then never seek their advice until they're actually in trouble. Often this is too late. Ensure that with every new avenue of your business, your attorney gives you the thumbs up, ensuring that you and your business are protected. That's it from me for today. Until the next episode, goodbye. <laughs>